Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Sports Facts, Stats and Smacks with Avery and Kevin. Uh, we have an awesome episode coming up today. We It's not just Kevin and I rambling on about whatever sports that we want to or <laughs> horseshoes like we did last week, but uh, we have Andrew from the Turf District Podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for thanks for having me, guys. That's awesome. I appreciate the fact that you're both wearing some form of green and gold, <laughs> uh, which uh, does make it a bit better. Uh, Kevin, I'll forgive you. It's a little wrong logo, but hey, it's still the right colors. That's it's good. the closest I could come up with. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I got this hat probably about three, four weeks ago now. Uh, I love the new logo. I yeah, I'm a fan too. I wanted to get one last year, but. It was really hard to get one in Calgary, and I was finally in Edmonton, and I was like going through the mall. I'm like, I have to get a hat. So yeah, because <laughs> I I won it once since last year. I I was a little bit disappointed with the Elks name, but I love the Elks name. The only reason I'm disappointed is because I voted for Elk Hounds because oh, I okay. thought that was a way better, cooler name. So that that's the only reason I'm disappointed. Like, um, I. I think there are a few people that, that had the same type of thing. I, I think there was a lot of us that are like on the fence. It's like, okay, I could deal with Elks. I could deal with Elk Hounds. I could deal with, you know, like most of the things that they had as yeah. selections. But I really like the fact that Elks connects to the history, you know, in, uh, you know, 1922, I believe it was, we, we were the Elks because we were sponsored by the men's Elks club. And yeah. so um, that, connection although very you know faint but it is there and uh i'll i'll take that and and uh in the long run it's not that far off from esks so we're used to saying else so it's yeah. uh, not a big deal yeah so um like i said i'm i'm happy with it but like I, I i hope a lot of people were like the same maybe disappointed with me like the same as me like you said like they would have just rather the elk hounds so <laughs> Well, I'm sure, like I said, with all the different names, there were some people like that. There's, there's some, lots of people now that still don't want the name change from what it was. And that's, um, and, and that's tough because it, it, it did, you know, split the fan base a little bit when the, when the change came. Uh, I think the change was necessary. I welcomed oh, it. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm happy to just get over not, well, mostly not having to argue about the name anymore. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, this is the name. Let's let's get back to talking football. Unfortunately, they didn't really do a good job of making us talk nicely about football last year either, but <laughs> uh, hopefully this year as we go, it'll get better. Yeah, that's, Kevin and I were talking about that earlier. A little bit of a rough start for the Elks right now, but do you see that turning around at all? I, I do. It's one of those things with Chris Jones as a head coach. You, you see it even back when he left the Elks in 15 and went to the Riders uh, in 16 that first year they were three and 15 and it it took time he he blew up the roster and basically started over again and that's exactly what he's done here and with the way the team played last year that was basically the only option was to blow up the team and start over and this one the, the Elks this year they had to win off the field and on the field and and i think they're winning off the field now uh much better than they were before and it's just going to take some time and, and a bit of rotation to find those guys to fit the chris jones system so my my thing is that don't i don't expect a ton in the first 
10 games, but in those last eight, I want to see some improvement and, and see them start going in the right direction. And I think we will see that as we get near the end of the year. As a personal bias, I can wait after this coming Saturday. <laughs> well, you know, uh, this coming Saturday is going to be interesting. I know that uh, I, I thought the Elks played the Riders quite well last week. And we started to see flashes of the defense that we kind of expected to have with Chris Jones at the helm. It wasn't what I would call all pretty, but it was definitely looking like there was moments where, I mean, with four minutes left in the game, we were we had the lead and nobody expected that. We were all expecting a 20 point loss. So this was a step in the right direction as far as I'm concerned. And they know which things they need to clean up. We're starting to get some of those injured guys that are starting to come back and, and there's still a constant rotations. But I hope that there's a good showing. I hope that it's a good close game. I think it definitely has the potential to be a very close game, especially with the uh, the news out of Calgary today with um, Bo Levi Mitchell possibly being injured. They're not really saying too, too much about it, but I think he's, well, he's getting up there in age and his vulnerability, I guess is the best way to say it. He's uh he's not the Bo of five years ago. So even if he no. was on the field, he's still that backbone of the team, I think. Yeah, I still think he's a leader. Um, yeah. And I think when you look at the game last week against Hamilton and how he picked up that second half and they, they made the comeback and, yeah. and won in overtime, stupid Hamilton, um, <laughs> couldn't help us out at all. Like, seriously, come on. But I mean, he, he finds a way, right? And he does have a winning pedigree. The thing is, is that even if Bo Levi is hurt, it's not like Jake Mayer is is not a good backup. Like, like that's a great second option. He's his games that he's played, he's thrown for over 300 yards. He he didn't win every game, but he he does connect in this offense. He's not really that much different um than Bo. He just doesn't have as much experience. So the rest of the team yeah. also support him too. Oh well, and that's that's the biggest thing with Calgary right now. That front four that they have is scary good. Um, you know, Mike Rose, uh, every team wants him <laughs> and, uh, there's a reason the guy, the guy, you know, gets through. So, um, I'll be curious to see that, that battle, the battle along the line is going to be huge this week. And, and we're going to see how that actually pans out. Yeah. I think it's going to be a great game and well, I think it's going to be a lot closer. Forth, aren't they? What was that? The next two weeks it's up there then down here or. Uh, not quite, not quite. We play here this Saturday on the 25th. Then Calgary has a bye week and we go to Hamilton for uh July 1st game. But then Calgary comes up here and we play them on July 7th uh, up here for the Thursday night, throwback Thursday night in, <laughs> uh, at Commonwealth Stadium. So that should be interesting. So when we talk about throwback Thursday, is uh, Warren Moon throwing some passes out there? <laughs> well, I, I don't... Uh, I personally, I think, I, and I have no, I have no insider information on this, but I have a feeling that Ricky Ray may make an appearance Ooh, because nice. of his wow. uh, induction into the the Hall of Fame this year, right? Yeah, so I, that would be a great throwback for a lot of us. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that they'll be able to bring some of those guys back from the '80s, the '90s, uh, and and the 2000s. So you, you look, you know, Ricky Ray, Larry Ruck. Um, you know, Danny Bass, Willie Pless, like we, we know these guys are, are 
you know, close to and part of the team. I, I don't know if they'd get so far as Warren Moon, but I wouldn't be upset about it. <laughs> uh, and uh, but e- even guys like Damon Allen, Gizmo, like nice. right, these are Sean Fleming. These are guys that are either in town or or are nearby, and it would be nice to have them back around and. I mean, right now, if Singor Mobley's in town, he could just stick around. I'd be okay with him showing up. That'd be great. Yeah. Nice. I want to ask you a question, but I'm going to tell you my little story first. I want to ask you, what was your first CFL game? Oh, my. Okay. Well, my first CFL game, and I don't remember the date, um, but I I was uh, six years old. And so um, this is going to date me very quickly, (laughs) but uh, that was in the middle of the heyday of the five in a row. Oh, okay. Yeah. And... uh, my uncle took me to the game and all I remember is we, we were sitting uh, in about row 23, somewhere in there and um, uh, somewhere around the 15 yard line. And I remember uh, Warren Moon stepping back and throwing a ball to Marco Sinkar and he caught it. But when it hit him, it sounded like a gun went off. And I couldn't believe that this guy actually caught the ball because it hit him so hard. Like Warren Moon could throw it harder than most, you know, people can think. Um, and I, it was just that instant moment of I, I can't believe that actually happened. And then I went to a couple of games as I was uh, a youth, and and of course that was it was hard not to be a fan of those days because they always went to the Grey Cup. Yep. Uh, I remember because that was when I got introduced to the team and. In '83, um, when they when they didn't go to the cup, what what's going on? Like this isn't the, this isn't what isn't doesn't isn't that how the CFL ends? We go to the cup and then we win. Um, and that sounds very horrible, but it's just like wow, that that's what you know, right? So, uh, I but I I clearly remember watching the '87 Grey Cup, uh, and then uh, I, through my teen years, I would go. Uh, I'd always get my. Uh, the the cheap tickets at the IGA with my cousins and we'd go to the game and uh and then I I finally became a season ticket holder when I um my wife and I um in 2002 and uh we've been uh season ticket holders ever since so have you had the same seat since 2002 no we've moved around uh we started on the east side of the stadium way up in the second deck and uh and then we moved around to the west side and we were we were up in k2 so that's right around the 10 yard line on the north side of the field and then uh 2019 we decided to make the move down into the lower bowl so uh we were down that year in in section c and it's like row 22 because we are taking our boys as well and uh, up in K2, where we were before, there wasn't any extra seats. So we had, we had we only had the two. So we moved down, got the four. And uh, we've been there now for, well, 19. And then this year, we're, we were back in the stadium again. And it's, uh, it's nice. pretty awesome to be back. Do you remember your first CFL game? Uh, yeah, again, I, I don't know the year, but I was probably about grade 10, grade 11. Um, my dad and I went to see the Bombers. Okay. And it was, it was a good time. But it was the first time I actually had, you get to experience the fireworks, the horse running. I mean, it's different up in Edmonton. And then near the end of the game, you get your traditional drunk streaker. Try to avoid <laughs> the players, try to avoid security, try to get up and over the rails before you're caught. But I, th- I think the Stamps or any other football team train security on how to tackle. 
<laughs> yeah, you it's funny, right? Those sometimes those security guards tackle better than the guys on your team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh my first game was Calgary versus Edmonton and it was a really? labor yeah, it was a Labor Day game. I just moved to Calgary, so this was about 17 years ago and my wife and I were just here. It was like our second or third day living in Calgary. And we thought, well, we'll just walk to the stadium. We had this like um, little map book and it looked like it was like four inches away. And after about an hour walk, we finally got to the stadium because we live downtown. And <laughs> um, yeah, but when we were walking, we saw like got close to the stadium. We saw a cop on a horse and we we're like, this is Calgary. And then as <laughs> As you think back 17 years ago, Calgary was not the best team in the league, and I remember them getting beat pretty bad by uh, Edmonton that day. And I was wearing a big red sweater. I'm a big guy, so everything is big. And it wasn't even a a Calgary Stampeders jersey or anything, and Edmonton fans were just yelling at me at the end of the game. They were drunk and rowdy, but I think that's all the experience, too. Like, I, it was just a good, it was a good experience. So that was... uh I've enjoyed many games since then. So, yeah. And you know what? Whenever these two teams get together, there's always that rivalry, right? But it's still mostly fun. Like, I I know I've been down to watch a number of Labor Day games. I've only ever watched my team win one of them, and that was in (laughs) 2009. And I don't know that we won too many since then. But um, so it was always kind of painful to go down. But you know, the, the Calgary fan base, I, I've met some amazing people down there and go down and, and tailgate with them before the game and and visit and then go in and we meet up at halftime and there's always the the fun jibes at each other. Um, but it's it, it's just a, it's a full experience, like you said. It's yeah. not just there's the game, but then there's all the things surrounding the game and, and it can be so much fun. So Last year, I was uh, fortunate enough to take my son to his first game. Nice. And- that was against Montreal, and he handled it pretty good. It was about 12 and a half, 13, okay. and you see the game clock, but in their mind, that clock doesn't stop. So right. got through the first three quarters. He looked at the scoreboard, five minutes left. Three minutes later, it says four and a half minutes left. <laughs> right. So he goes, God, yeah. Dad, is this ever going <laughs> to end? And you're like, no, son, that's why we love it. It's supposed to <laughs> yeah. take forever. But, that's but you know regardless of age 13 or where we are still going to games, just that experience and it captivates every age. They they're very good about it. Yeah. I, I've been taking my kids since they were about four is when they usually go to their first game. And my, my older son, uh, he, he plays football. He, he played through, um, Adam and Wee and Bantam and, uh, so now when we go, he is analyzing the game and from a player perspective and, not, and I'm analyzing it from a longtime fan perspective. So it's kind of interesting when we can chat about it. And, and my youngest, he, he never played, but now he, he likes going to the game for the experience. He likes yeah. to go and, and do the tailgating and then see some people and then go and he watches a bit of the game, but he usually has to do like a walk around the stadium to see what's going on and then come back and watch the <laughs> end. And, and then the, you know, the final whistle goes and now we get to go throw the ball on the field, right? Yeah. Okay. Down we go. And and that's the, that, that's the excitement for him. So nice. it, it's different for every person, but it's, it's awesome when you kind of see that next generation of kids that are going, Hey, this, this is kind of cool. Right. Yeah, it's kind of fun to see. 
I love getting to the game earlier and um, walking around the stadium, walking around the concourse, um, seeing everything that the, I, I like taking in that whole experience and it sounds like that's what you're doing with your kids. And that's, that's awesome. Absolutely. Um, yeah. We've been tailgating now for four, four years. And that is almost one of the highlights of the game. Like yeah. we do all the planning for the food and we set up, you know, outside the stadium and set up your barbecue and then everybody comes over and you're feeding them and visiting. And if there's an early game on, we've got that on and we're kind of chatting about that. And then you pack it all down about half an hour before the game and walk right into your seat and enjoy nice. it. You know, it's, it's a great way to kick it off. Right. And it, it now is. you're, your three hour football game turns into a, a, a six hour football love fest. And it's fantastic. Yeah, exactly. So now, now that you're talking about tailgating, I have to get off topic and talk about food. Um, <laughs> but nice. what's, what's your best thing to uh, make at a tailgate? What, what's your go-to foods there? Oh, our most popular by far is the tacos in a bag. Ooh, um, yes. So we, the, my, my co-host and I, so super fan, Mike, he he kind of runs the the menu at the tailgate and i say okay what do i need to bring this week <laughs> and he <laughs> brings the rest and uh but we always do tacos in a bag for the labor day return classic uh because so many people come up from calgary and so that that's always our busiest one and we'll probably run through you know 40 45 tacos in a bag and everybody enjoys that one so that that's probably our most popular uh, the other one that goes over really well is chili in a bread bowl. Um, mm. And we usually do that one in November because yep. then it's, you get that, you know, nice warm in the middle of everything else. Um, so that's a nice touch. And then uh, I'll see what are the other big ones we have this year. We actually just put the menu together for this year. Um, and my, I, last week I did mini pizzas, which are great. You just do them on the barbecue. Nice. Um, and, and then we usually have one traditional one where it's like burgers and hot dogs. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we do a bunch of other things like poutine is always a big one too. Um, and that one's really fun to do because then you have to do the fries on the barbecue. And then you, uh, and then we bring this, these big, you know, crock pots of gravy <laughs> and real cheese curds. And it's, it, we change it up every week. So that nice. way, whoever you're coming, we try to tailor it to the team. So we always have poutine when Montreal or Ottawa are here. Okay. Uh, yeah. We have, you know, again, tacos in the bag is specifically to the Labor Day return. And then this year at, when Klondike Days is on, we're going to do um, like corn dogs and popcorn and that type of thing. Have so that carnival atmosphere kind of thing. Exactly. Right. And we're going to have, you know, like games for kids and stuff. So the whole idea is you just want to have some fun with the theme and, and have some different food. And, and we, you know, you bring enough generators, you can run a TV <laughs> and whatever else you need to do. And away we go. And nice. uh, nothing like having a ice cold beer on a summer day and having some food and talking football with people. Oh, nice. definitely. Yeah. 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 I'm, uh, I, I'm jealous right now. I, I, and also I can't, I'm not much of a planner. So you guys have like a whole year already <laughs> planned out. So that's just, in my head, just trying to wrap myself around that. Like I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do next week, let alone in November. <laughs> well, that, that, that's what I have Mike for. I, I worry about the, 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 the podcast writing and guests and all that. Yep. And he, he, he plans the tailgate and, um, there, I finally found our, our, so here's our menu for this week so, or for this year. So, you know, so we're doing 
pulled pork on a bun for uh, the July 7th game. We're doing corn dogs, fries, popcorn, and cotton candy. Then we're going to do meatball subs, then poutine, then tacos in a bag. Uh, grilled cheese and tomato soup. That's always good when it starts to get cold outside <laughs> yeah. and you want comfort food. And that's right about the time where we're not sure if we're in the playoffs or not. So it's good <laughs> time to have that. Uh, then we do bacon, mac and cheese uh, oh. and then chili and a bread bowl to wrap up the season. So it's uh, it, it's it's fun. And we we post the little menu out every week. And this is the one that we're having this week. And hopefully more people come and then you get a chance to just kind of hang out and, and, and get, you know, all geared up. Um, this last tailgate, it was it was awesome because now they've brought in live bands. Uh, the Spirit of Edmonton has a whole big tent set up that is fantastic, and everybody kind of knows each other uh, along the strip. And you, you you go there to see your friends and and hang out. Nice, nice. Game uh, aside, though, it's yeah. just worth the visit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's. <laughs> you, I'm jealous. I'm like. This is like a podcast crossover for you. Now we're talking about food on a sports one. (laughs) (laughs) And I've always said, I don't want to do another food podcast, but um, (laughs) yeah, when when you bring up tailgating, I have to talk about it. So, Hey, um, I I get it. Yeah, absolutely. How long have you been doing your podcast for? Uh, So our podcast started in May of 2015. Uh, We picked a good year because we won the cup that year and that was outstanding. (laughs) And uh Sure made it easy to do the podcast when they're winning, let me tell you. Uh, <laughs> last year, a little rough, but uh, we yeah. found a way. And um, yeah, so we we always go weekly during the season uh, because we're always kind of game wrapping and prepping for the next game. And and then in the off season, uh, we were just going to take it off. But then we we started having enough people kind of listening and following that we started doing every two weeks in, in the off season. And that's when we get a lot of our alumni players or, um, you know, some of the coaches and that type of thing, cause they're, they're more, they have more time to, to chat with us and the team's really been great about it. They've, after we had been around for a couple of years, they really embraced us and, and, and helped us out with players and stuff. So, nice. um, nice. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's been, a, it's been a really good progression. And, uh, as you can see behind me, it, it gets a little, uh, I, I I have a room all done up now that's uh, set up for for recording and and uh, that way you feel like you're you're in it you're part of the team. Yeah. Well, this is the new studio, isn't it? This is my second. Yeah, because yeah. we just moved last year. So um, originally in 2015, I went to the Grey Cup, which was awesome. It's the first time I've actually ever been there when they won. Uh, so that was really great. Um, but while I was away it was in our old house. And so my wife and kids, we had a a spare room that we weren't using. They cleared it all out and they painted it green and gold and white and, and got it all set up. And then when I got home, that was like, here's your, here's your Christmas present. And, and I had my own studio, which was awesome. So when we decided we were moving, it was like, okay, every house we looked at, okay, is there a room for me to put my, (laughs) I need to. And, uh, yeah, the place we ended up, um, uh, so my room got bigger, which is helpful because I have a lot of crap and, uh, it's, uh, not crap, but you know what I mean? I got a lot of stuff. And, um, so, uh, yeah. So before we actually moved in, I, I painted the room, all the same colors and got it all set up properly. And now I'm, I'm still tweaking it to try and get it right, but, uh, it's nice. You can, I can add stuff in cause I got enough room to add it in. Nice. Nice. So if you were to have a super guest on, 
Who's at the very top of your list to have on your podcast? Oh, without a doubt, it's Marco Sincar. That's he's he's my all time favorite player. He's the uh, he's uh, the reason that I love the number twenty seven. Um, and uh, so, yeah, he he would be number one uh, up until you know a, a few years ago. I would have said absolutely it was Warren Moon, but we did get Warren Moon on the show, and, nice. and he was he was very very good with us and uh, it was a great interview because again that, that's the the heroes of the past right yeah. so mm-hmm. um I, i've had i've had pretty much all of my favorite players except for uh singor uh, sorry i mean uh marco singar because uh, we had singor mobley on uh we've had um jed roberts on we've had warren moon on so we we have a bunch of those big guys and I, i'm hoping that we'll we'll get to Ricky Ray on here soon. So that'd be cool. Yeah. I guess yeah, uh, he'd be another one, right? Yeah. yeah. Like a more modern day classic guy. So, well, yeah. And his story is wild, right? Like he went from driving a potato chip truck to winning four gray cups over a 14 year <laughs> career. Like yeah. the, and honestly, that that's one of those stories where you, you talk to guys about how you, you never know when the next injury comes and you just got to be ready. And, going into that season, I mean, Neilon green was the starter. And then there was, uh, Jason Moss and Ricky Ray is like way down the list and everybody kept getting hurt. And then Ricky came in and, and then he never went out because he was that good. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty amazing to see as, as a fan, just to watch this, this kid just come in and, and tear up the league and to still to this day throws the best corner route I have ever seen. Nice. I, I talk about who you want to have on, but who's the, you, you have your favorite player. Who's the ultimate nemesis for you and the Edmonton Eskimos in your. Oh, oh there are a few. <clears throat> I mean, Bo Levi has got to be on top of the list. That guy <laughs> drives me nuts. I, I, I just, yeah. Uh, you know what? If he was on my team, I'd probably be like, yeah, he's, he's great. Yeah. But being on any other team and especially the one that he's on, I'm like, nope, no, <laughs> not a, not a fan. Um, and then if there was another one for me, it'd be Andrew Harris. Cause he's just, Ooh. he's, he's been an Edmonton killer for years. And, uh, so again, he's on my team. I'd probably be like, yay, but <laughs> not on my team. Nope. No, I don't need to talk to you. I'm good. So uh, that's, those are the those are the nemesis for sure. I love that love hate almost just yeah. You yeah, just absolutely. love to hate the guy. He's he's super talented, but I yeah. hate you because you're not on my team. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, I like yeah. that. That's like yeah. the days with um. I want to say Anthony Calveo from Montreal. Oh, absolutely. My dad was born out east, and he constantly cheer anything Montreal. And I came out here when I was super young, so I just adopted Calgary right off the bat. So we're button heads right off the bat. And then my mom was from BC, so <laughs> you know when they had their run and Montreal had their run, it was always tough times in the house. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Now, Calvillo, it's funny. You know, you you'd think that I would not I would not like him, but for some reason, just the way that he cuz I think it maybe because he was that quiet leader. Yeah. I I just as much as I hated that he won all the time, it was I just had this respect for the way he played the game. Okay, yeah. And so it was never that that oh god, I hate that guy, right? Whereas with other guys I'm just really like, nope. No, 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 not a fan. 
Yeah. So does that mean you were not a Flutie fan at the time when he was up here? Not when he was up here. No, <laughs> I, no, no. I, I, I could respect how he played the game, but I hated him because he always beat us. Uh, except in 96 when he shouldn't have won because that was a fumble. And we <laughs> up. But, uh, you know, uh, but who's counting? I mean, I only nobody's better about week, it. But no, no, no. I've gotten over it. It was totally a fumble. Um, and um, but, you know, I, I've met Doug Flutie after that. And and, and he's a good dude. And yeah. so, um, so I had, I had more respect for him after he stopped playing, <laughs> so, yeah. nice. but, uh, but it did make 93, all that sweeter of a win when they found a way to beat him in Calgary. That was great. Nice. So you travel around, like you say, you come down to Calgary here besides Edmonton. What's your favorite stadium? Oh man. I haven't been in all of them as of yet. Um, but, uh, I, I really I quite like going to Vancouver and it's an, obviously it's an easy jaunt for us to go there out East. I, I really enjoyed, um, when I got to go and watch at uh, Lansdowne in Ottawa, um, the, the new side that they've built there is, is really nice. And, and the way that they've set up the whole area around the stadium with the, the pubs and the, uh, eateries and uh, all that type of thing. I, I really like the way that they have that set up. So, so, uh, I mean, nothing is ever going to beat Commonwealth for me because to me, that's, that's my temple, but, um, but yeah, I, I had to pick other ones. Those are probably the two that I'd really like. I, I want to still get to a game in Saskatchewan as much as I hate the team. I would <laughs> like to go and watch the, I, I think the stadium looks uh, amazing. Uh, and I'd like to see one in, in Tim Hortons field for sure, because I think the, the stadium itself from everything I've heard is actually really cool. Nice, nice. I mean, they've they've been getting a good use of that field, regardless. It it looks pretty good, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, I've heard that watching a game at BMO Field is really good because you're very close to the field and and it's got a, a really good sight lines um, at the field. But yeah, I, I have I, soon one of these years. I haven't fit picked a year yet, but one of these years I'm gonna go and I'll travel with the team for every game throughout the season. So nice. I'm, I'm kind of doing that to start this one. Cause I've, I've, I've missed going to games so much. I was out in BC for the, for the uh, season opener. Then of course we were here last week and now going down to Calgary for this one. Uh, and we'll see if we can fit in another Calgary one later this year. Um, because I, I just want to, I just want to watch him play. Nice. So, Avery and I worked together a few years ago. Yeah. And a coworker is a huge Saskatchewan fan. And after they okay. built the new stadium, I got to I had to I had to bug her and just say, you know, apparently this is the new tornado safe spot because they have not seen a single touchdown all season. But that right. did not go over too well. <laughs> no. <laughs> she no, loves I, her Rough Riders. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there there I mean, that was great. There was lots of jokes early on, right? When when they when they were Owen for a while there, it was great. Um, but you know what? Uh, it's, it's funny. And every, I always want to bug guys when they're, when their team is not doing great. And on the other hand, uh, after I've now, you know, like suffered for three years, I'm like, okay, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have been quite so mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess when you're on the other side, what was it? 24 straight playoff appearances? Um, uh, or was it longer than that? No, it was more than that. Okay. It was more than that. I think it was 34. Like okay. It was, maybe it was a, yeah, it was, it was a pro sports record that yeah. they had always made the playoffs. Right. So, um, then Danny Machocha came in and that ended that in 2007, I think it was. Um, 
the super fan Mike knows all those things. I, I just, <laughs> I just use him for that information, but I know the last couple of years is just, you know, especially the last, I would say two years, it, it was really hard because it went from not only were they losing on the field, but there was this complete disconnect with the fans there. They, they now part of it was COVID for sure, but they, they couldn't, they couldn't do the community things. They couldn't do the let let's do the right thing by the fan. And, and then they just made a, a bunch of horrible choices. I mean, I think the, the, the reveal of the Elks name and logo, I thought they handled that really well, but then the powers that were in at the time were like, yeah, well, that's the name and it's all brand new and forget about anything we've ever done. And I'm like, well, wait guys, like we have history to build on. It doesn't mean that we're not that same team. We just have a different name. Yeah. And, uh, and that disconnect got really, really big last year. And, and you could see that at the end of the year, especially when you only had like five, 6,000 fans going to a game. And uh, to me, that probably as a fan, that's the, the hardest I've had to kind of suffer through my, you know, 40 years as a fan. And this year, now we're starting to see that connection with the, with the community again, which is what the team is about. And they're starting to do get those wins off the field, and and that makes it a lot better. But yeah, the last couple of years, boy, that was really tough. Yeah, yeah, it, it would be tough as a, as a big time fan, and then you just don't see your regular people around sometimes, and just getting. I I I think I'd be in that same category as well as like going to a game, and then if I'm not happy with the team, I might not be going as much. So, right, and so a lot of people were doing that, yeah. and. And I don't even know that people were going, not going. I mean, the team on the field was awful. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> they, they, they did not play very well at all. But there is, uh, there's lots of other years where they've played awful. You look at 2013, they, they were not a good team at that point. And people still went because there was still that connection to the, the greater feeling of the team and the community. Yeah. yeah. But, when that part got lost, that's when you saw less people going to the stadium and, and, and that was really hard. So, so it's nice to see some of that return now coming back. Yeah. Especially such a big stadium too. And right. Yeah. Like when you, uh, you know, they said on the, on this past Saturday, it was 23,000 fans there, but when you have a 55,000 seat stadium, it, it, looks like it's there's not many people but yeah i can tell you noise wise it was a it was better it was there was excitement there was energy and that was the um, same with last year when i went with my son you know with the limitations of the people in the gatherings but as you said the noise makes up for it yeah absolutely absolutely so so i'll be curious to see what happens this saturday because i know uh, you know calgary's had some smaller crowds and and even when they've had a good team so i'm, I'm curious to see how this plays out i'm hoping that it'll be uh fairly full although i i think a fair amount of uh calgary is coming uh north to see garth brooks so we'll have to see how that <laughs> plays out but, about half um, the city from what i've heard yeah, yeah that's that's what i that's what i was kind of picking up so um uh but yeah i hope there's lots of people there yeah so do i i, I always like seeing a full stadium i know kevin and i used to work right beside the stadium at one of the hotels there so okay. you could definitely see like you know how it's open and you can see sort of in there mm-hmm. and like when you don't see those like you see the side seats not full and 
I think that's one of the advantages like all the other stadiums have is like proper seating in Calgary is just like some metal benches. <laughs> it's, those well, get no. cold in October, I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, I, I was there for the Grey Cup in 2019 and oh yeah. my, yeah. And that was even a nice Grey Cup. Like it was nice weather. It wasn't, you know, too freezing, but oh my goodness, sitting on one of those benches. <laughs> um, and, and I think, I mean, that might have something to do with it that McMahon hasn't really been upgraded over the years <laughs> and they could definitely use a facelift for sure. Not um, many sporting facilities have been upgraded in the last 50 years. <laughs> Yeah, well, we're although we're seeing things like we have, like in Commonwealth, they changed all the seats out, right? They changed them all to a wider seat with cup holders, and and it's um, you've lost a little bit of um, ability to have people in, but that was all redone, and you're seeing a bunch of the back area, um, like where the concessions and things and 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 the team stores and stuff, those are that all got redone. So you're seeing pieces getting redone. And then you see places like Regina where they've got a brand new stadium in Winnipeg, where they've got a brand new stadium in uh, Toronto, where they moved to a reasonably newer stadium in BMO field. Yeah. Um, Hamilton, obviously with a newer stadium. So I think we are seeing some places that are doing it now in the last, say four years we're not seeing anything and and that's because of where everything's going in the world much less yeah. you know yeah. uh, like it's uh yeah there's there's not the same support for for building up that space but i'm i'm hoping that will return to some degree nice. we were even saying um last week just getting ready for today you know where the nfl was able to have smaller crowds and we shut down for a year they depend on so much of the tv funds where we in the cfl or not we but the teams depend on that gate revenue and the concessions revenue. Absolutely. Well, especially the gate revenue, right? But yeah. butts in seats is yeah. how this, the league runs. So uh, I'm hoping though, with the introduction of genius sports and, and some of the things that they've brought in and, and looking at the, you know, single game betting and all these types of things that maybe they could get a little, a little less dependent on butts and seats still still have some of that of course we still want people at the games but Absolutely. it would be nice for the league to be able to survive uh you know where they have other revenue streams right yeah yeah we're uh we're a couple of gamblers here <laughs> we like okay. the. i'm a big fan of the single game betting and uh stuff like that so well i i think lots of people are and if you watch any uh any game on TSN, I mean, every second ad is for <laughs> things. Oh, so yeah, they've yeah. got to, you know, so, um, so it's got to be popular. So yeah. uh, I'm hoping that the, the league can find a way to, uh, to get a piece of that and, and, and help it to be grow and be a little more stable for those other things. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I see some memorabilia. Yeah, I can't even say memorabilia. that. Memorabilia. <laughs> uh, behind you. What's your favorite piece that you have? Oh, my favorite piece. Uh, well, hang on and I'll turn my camera on and I'll show you this. Um, I just got it this year. So um, I have an original locker from Commonwealth Stadium. Oh, so this oh, one yeah, is. Moon um, jersey. Yeah, I do have a moon jersey. Well, that's a that's a all star game moon jersey. Um, but that locker there, um, I got this, uh, one of my, my friends had it, um, and unfortunately he passed away. And so his, his wife contacted me and said, uh, 
I think if there was anybody who could have this, I think you'd probably like it. And uh, I said, yeah, you're right. I would love it. <laughs> and um, so that is um, uh, the last guy to use it was John Comiskey. Um, but that was Bill Stevenson's original locker from 1978 when they went into uh, Commonwealth Stadium. And uh, when they redid the locker room, which I believe was 2011, I want to say, um, they they pulled out all the old lockers and they all went to auction. And so there's probably only 65 of, of those lockers in existence um, with some, you know, some of them obviously having big, quite big names on them. Um, and uh, but Bill Stevenson is in the Hall of Fame and he's on the, the Elks Wall of Honor. And so to have that in the room is is pretty special. Yeah. Nice. Nice. But um, I think we're running out of time. Do you have any? Uh, no, it's just been great being able to talk to you. And, you know, the league itself is just such I find it's a time better than our friends down south. It's just the atmosphere gets everything. Yeah, no, I agree. I, you know, the one thing that I will say, I, I mean, I like both games. Um, there was a time where I would be like, oh, it's only CFL and ah, I can't like the NFL. But I I, I like both games. Um, the difference is, I think, up in the CFL, there, there's a saying that we use on on Twitter a lot, which is the, the CFL family. And that's a real thing. Yeah. I, I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was a real thing. But it truly is where the people who are going to these games, young and old, they're there for the love of the game first and then their team. And you see it at a Grey Cup. You see all of these people who only see each other once a year at Grey Cup, but they truly are your family. And it, it doesn't matter what colors you wear. The, the Grey Cup is, is just that it brings the entire country together. And, and hopefully we get that 10th team in the Maritimes at some point. So it truly brings the entire country together. To me, that, that is the difference, is that the CFL has that family feel. If, if you are in the NFL and you walk into a stadium wearing the, the other team's jersey, oh, it's like over. You, you, you like you have to bring security, right? Like it's just, you don't <laughs> like, it doesn't happen. Right. So, yeah. so as much as I, I, I love some of the parts of that game and I love the theatrics and I, I love the fantasy and all those types of things, the CFL does have like a true family feel for the game. And, and to me, there, there's no other league in the world that has that. And that's, that's part of the reason I love it so much. Yeah. I, I, I like that. I never heard it put that way but I've always seen it and felt it. So yeah, when, when you say it that way, that, that puts a smile on my face. It just. Well, and you know, this past game at home here, that, that was my first game at Commonwealth since October of 2019. And, um, the number of people that just, you know, out of nowhere came up and were hugging and we're just, it's like, we haven't seen you. And it, and it was, it was, it was an emotional moment to be back with all these people that i only see for this but the connection is just so deep so um yeah it it is truly a real thing and and if you if you want to feel part of a community a bigger community um that you know start start following the cfl it's amazing um how many people you'll meet across the country awesome but um where can people find your podcast and what does come out all that fun stuff 
Um, so anywhere you can search it up, uh, the turf district, uh, and, uh, we do run during the season. We run on Monday nights. Uh, we are live on YouTube, so you can watch the recording and throw in some comments if you like. Uh, but otherwise we come out on every podcatcher on usually a Tuesday morning and, uh, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook, and it's just search the turf district and, and we're there and join the huddle. We, we love to have more people chatting with us. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew, for being on. This was really awesome. I enjoyed it, this. It was, time, yeah. So, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It was outstanding. Thanks.